Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shimon Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We are now in Masachet Baba Kama on Daf Nun Tet Amud Bet, about to look at Mishnah Gimel and then the beginning of Mishnah Dalid in the sixth chapter. We had something similar to this in the fourth chapter, and here we're dealing with the issue of Aish. If somebody puts a uh, stack of wheat in another fellow's field uh, without permission, and the fellow whose field he put it in, his animal ate fruit up, patur. So obviously the fellow whose field as it is, it is, is exempt. And if the fellow's animal got hurt because of this fellow's wheat, then the fellow put the wheat in there as chayab. And of course, there we have the discussion about whether uh, he got hurt because he slipped on it, or whether he got hurt because he ate it. Rab Shita, Okay. But of course, if he had permission to put it in there, then the uh, owner of the field is liable for the damages that happened. Now, this sounds like it goes against Rebbe's position in the mission that I indicated on the page. If you recall, Rebbe in, in uh, Mishnah Gimel back in Parak Dalad said that, sorry, back in Parak Hay said that until the owner explicitly says he's going to watch the animal, even if the animal's in their shoots, he's not liable for what happens. We're talking about a particular institution called Natar Bedari, which is when several uh, neighboring uh, farmers have a one person who they hire to watch all of their wheat. Since the Natar Bedari said to him, bring your stuff in and stack it here, when that, what that implies is I'm going to watch it, which means that Rebbe is included here, not because Rebbe has a different position here, but because in this particular context, bring your wheat in is a is uh, tantamount to saying, I will watch it, which of course, in that case, even Rabbi says Yechayim. Now, the next mission, which is the beginning of Dawid. This is something we saw in our sugya earlier at the, in the beginning of this parak about those things which you are patur what we referred to as moral culpability, but legal exemption. And he said, if you send a fire with a, uh, an incompetent and he then ignites the fire, technically you haven't done anything, but you certainly have moral culpability. Now, shilach biad pikeach, if you sent it with a competent person, you don't say that the, uh, the dispatcher is liable, but rather the person who lit the fire is. Let's say that you have contributory damage, where one person brought the fire, the other guy brought the wood. The one who brought the wood is liable. Now that's not because the wood is more significant, but it's the second guy. Fire cannot burn without some fuel, and fuel is meaningless without the fire. So therefore, if did the opposite, one guy brought wood, the other guy brought the fire, the fellow brought the fire is liable. Now let's say a third guy comes along, and the fire was not yet uh, inflamed or growing, and a guy came and fanned it, He's liable, the guy who fanned it. But if, on the other hand, the fire, the wind fanned the flame, then Kulam Turim. Now, Kulam Turim could read, the way I put it on the page, both of them, meaning the guy who brought the wood and the guy who brought the fire, are off the hook. But perhaps even, as we'll see, if Nebraita, even if the fellow fanned it, he may be off the hook as well. <coughs> okay, Amar Shlakish Mishmeh So we have Cheskia's uh, Dean here. 
We're now going to the first clause in this Mishnah, which is when you are exempt for handing a fire over to an incompetent. And we saw this sugya earlier on in the Masachet. Chizkiah says that you are only exempt when you handed him an ember and then he fanned it. Masar but if you handed him already uh, a vessel or a coal or something that was already inflamed, then Chayav, you are liable. Because it's your actions. You handed this incompetent fellow an already inflamed thing. He took it and lit the field. You're liable. Biochanan disagrees and says, Even if you gave him already a lit flame, Patur. Because it's also the handling of the Cheresh that caused the fire. You gave it to him here. He then went over there and put it in the field, etc. And that's what caused the flame. So you're not uh, purely liable. You're only liable when you give him uh, some uh, thorns and silta and kindling, shraga and a fire. Then when you give him enough material and the fire to really start a fire that could spread, then you're liable. Okay, so we said that if you sent it with a pikeach, then the pikeach is liable. We simply have an issue of language. The text of the Mishnah that we have says liba, if he inflamed. But evidently there was another version of the Mishnah that was circulating orally, which was niba, the same thing with the nun. And this may have to do with chlafat uh, lamnar, the lamad mem nun resh, in uh, particular words in Hebrew are interchangeable, that may have led to this confusion. He says, either one is a viable alternative, and is correct linguistically. We see that when Moshe has his first encounter with God at the snare, the snare is Bulabat Esh, fire. That the Pasuk in says he who creates the expression of the uh, of the lips, but the notion here is that which comes forward, so like the fire coming forward. Okay. Now, uh, in that case, uh, Niba would be that he blew on it, and so it's Nib's Fatai. Now, Libtaha Ruach, the last thing in our clause the Mishnah said, that if the wind got the flame going, then they're all off the hook. Let's say that a fellow fanned it, one guy brought the wood, the other guy brought the fire, and then a third guy came and fanned it, fanned it, and then the wind came and fanned it. If his fanning was enough to get it going,
if, if they set up a fire that would spread because of Ramatsuya, they'd be liable. So you just did with the normal wind. The wind that came along was a surprising gust. He gives a, uh, a different mitziut, which is that um, they, you weren't really uh, fanning it, you were just kind of warming your hands. You were doing very little uh, to fan it, uh, and so that, when the wind came, that's what really did it. Okay, so those three really, I misrepresented earlier, those three really cut to a local condition and a local answer. Ravashi gets to the, the conceptual issue of the difference between Nezikin and Shabbat. Ravashi of Arkeamin and Zohar of Ruach Masayato, when do we say that that's, that that's um, culpable in Shabbat? In Shabbat, it's only because of Shabbat. Now, Shabbat is almost always brought as a reason that Shabbat is less severe, because there you really have to gain your intention. Here it becomes more severe because all you have to do is gain your intention. Your intention was to winnow. So if you do part and the wind does part, you got it done, you're okay. But here, it's just grama. It's a secondary cause because you fanned a little bit, but the wind helped you, and grama benazakim pater. Whenever you are a secondary cause of damages, then there is an exemption. Okay, we'll pause at this point, pick it up, and we'll have a relatively long podcast.